Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. And to those who sold doves, he said. He's got something against doves, I guess. Okay, friends, today we celebrate the feast day of the dedication of St. John Lateran Basilica in Rome. It's one of the four major basilicas. Has anyone been there who's been to St. John Lateran? Okay, a few of us, yeah. It's, it's an amazing, gorgeous basilica. It houses the, the skulls of Peter and Paul, which is pretty cool. Um, and along the colonnade, as you go into the body of the church, they've got these huge, massive sculptures of the 12 apostles minus Judas, um, but you got the apostles lined along the side there, and they're all holding the implements of their, their martyrdom, which is really stunning. So the John Lateran Basilica, contrary to what a lot of Catholics believe, I think, um, that is the Pope's cathedral, right? Not St. Peter's. St. Peter's is stunning. It's gorgeous. It's the biggest church in Christendom. You can fit two football fields inside of it from the back to the front. It's massive. Uh, it's where all the big papal liturgies are, but that's not the Pope's cathedral. That's not where the cathedra is. John Lateran is the Pope's cathedral, which means that John Lateran Basilica is the mother church of all of Christendom. It's the mother church of all the churches. So when we look at the scriptures today that the church gives us for the feast day of John Lateran Basilica's dedication, what we see here is this emerging theme of temple. Temple. Temple jumps out out of all the readings. In the first reading... Ezekiel is given a glimpse of the heavenly temple, and he sees this river flowing out of the side of the temple that produces abundant life-giving fruit, fruit trees that their fruit is medicine, it's food, they spring up every month, uh, and wherever the water goes, it turns the salty water fresh, and there's abundant life and fish and all of that stuff. So super abundant life-givingness, right? Then we go to the psalm, the waters of the river gladden the city of God, the holy dwelling of the Most High, right? This is, this is Psalm 46. It's clearly an allusion to what we just heard from Ezekiel. So it's David reflecting on this heavenly vision of the heavenly Jerusalem, the heavenly temple. And then uh, St. Paul in the second reading, you are God's building. Do you not know that you are God's temple, the dwelling place of the Spirit? And then finally, when we get to the gospel, Jesus drives out the money changers with the whip, and he flips over the tables, and he, we hear that this line, zeal for, your, for, zeal for the Father's house will consume me. And he declares, he says, this, destroy this temple, and in three days I will rebuild it. Okay, so you see the theme, right? Temple, 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 temple. All these readings, all this imagery of temple. And what is a temple? What was the temple, I should say? It's the dwelling place of God. It's the dwelling place of God. As Christians, right, with the coming of the Spirit, that's why we get from Paul, do you not know that you are the temple, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are filled with God's presence, right? We are filled with the Spirit of the Lord, and we become God's dwelling place, right? So that the temple in Jerusalem is superseded. It's superseded what it was an icon of comes to fruition first in Jesus' own flesh and blood, right? He is the, in him, he, he is the dwelling place. He's the presence of God among men. And then by the sending of the Spirit, the church becomes the temple, right? He's transformed each of us into his temple. 
But from the beginning of the church, also from the beginning of the, you look at the earliest, the, the church's earliest liturgies, her prayers, her anaphoras, all these things, what you see is a, a reverencing of Mary as the new temple of the new covenant. That's who she is. Just like she's the new Ark of the Covenant, she's the new Jerusalem, she's the new Eve, she's the new bride, she's the new temple, right? Because in her, God has chosen to dwell, right? In her immaculate womb, God has chosen to dwell. I want to draw our attention to this uh, connection here, how Mary is the, she's the personification of the church, and how the church is the mystical presence of Mary through space and time. We see this especially in the way that the church has um, developed her theology in the church's sacraments. We see this in the church, in church architecture. We see this especially in St. John Lateran's Basilica. We hear this all the, all the way at the beginning. We hear this from saints like St. Saint Irenaeus. So St. Irenaeus, he wrote a very famous work called Against Heresies. And he wrote this. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about the incarnation. And Irenaeus says that Jesus, the pure one, who in a pure way opened that pure womb that regenerates men in God. So he's talking about Mary. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the incarnation. For Irenaeus and for the early church fathers, the virgin's womb, Mary's womb, comes to coincide mystically with the baptismal font. That for the early church fathers, and again, for all of Christianity, the way that we've theologized about this is that we've seen this connection between Mary's womb, what happened in Mary's womb, and what happens in the baptismal font. That these two are places where Christ is generated, right? By the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you, Mary, and the Son of God will become flesh in you, right? The Word made flesh, Jesus generated in her womb. She bears him forth to the world. That's what happens in every baptismal font. We call down the power of the Holy Spirit upon these waters, right? In the old rite, the priest would say, fructify these waters, fructify these waters. Three times, fructify these waters. Make these waters fertile. Make them capable of generating divine life. Remember Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, right? Unless you are born again, born anew, born of water and the Holy Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So when like an infant is baptized or when an adult is baptized, what emerges out of this font is a new little Christ, a little Christian, an anointed one. That's what happens. That's why the church has seen this connection between the uh, baptismal font and Mary's womb. Mary is the icon of the church who is virgin and mother, right, who by the power of the Holy Spirit brings to birth new children. This isn't just like, again, this isn't my theologizing. This is, this is etched into stone, uh, literally, at St. John Lateran Basilica. If you go there, if you go to the baptistry, so where they would baptize Christians, if you go to the baptistry, encircling the baptistry is this structure, uh, and there's this script that encircles it. This is what it says. At this font, the church, our mother, gives birth from her virginal womb to the children she conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is how the church envisions all of these mysteries, right? Because Christians aren't, we don't, you don't sign up to be a Christian, you are born, right? Christians are regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit through the virginal union of Christ and the church. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Christ makes the waters of baptism fertile, right? 
Okay, I know this is a lot of mystical theology for us at 8 o'clock in the morning, but I think it's important. I think it's important to recognize that this is what we swim in, like these mystical realities. Baptism is a mystical reality. Eucharist is a mystical reality. Mass is a mystical reality. All of this is mystical. We are just swimming in these truths. So our prayer this morning is, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus open our eyes that we would see, we would see what we so blithely enter into. Again, give us awe and wonder and reverence at these mysteries. Amen.